Good morning. morning. I want to welcome you here this morning. Glad that you are all here. Um, If you're a guest of ours, we're especially thankful to have you with us today. I hope you were greeted uh, with joy. I hope you were called by name because it's September and we want this to be a September to remember to call everyone by name. So, you know, we've been challenging to wear a name tag for the month of September. And even though next week is October, I think, um, we'll keep wearing those name tags then too. It's great to, great to call each other by name. Believe it or not, we are wrapping up our fearless series uh, this morning. I had totally intended to make this about a five, maybe six week sermon series. This is now week number 11 in the series going through the life and the times of Joshua. But I am not apologizing for that. Because the story of Joshua is so interesting and it is so relevant to us today. You you look at his story, you look at his life, and it's such an insight into faith and obedience and inheritance and expectations. It is a story of courage. And I want to tell you that I I am a little bit amazed and I am incredibly impressed by how many of you are still wearing your red fearless bracelet. You remember back uh, 10, 11 weeks ago, I challenged you all to wear this red bracelet through the conclusion of this series. And I thought at the time, I'm not the guy who wears bracelets. That's not really my thing, but I can do anything for a month, right? Now it's 11 weeks later, and I've kind of gotten used to wearing it. But I hope this bracelet has at least reminded you to be fearless in a lot of different aspects of your life. Certainly to be fearless as far as Jesus is concerned. Because you can't be fearless for Jesus without being drawn closer to Jesus. So thanks for doing that. Those of you who are still wearing it, I want you to know you have met the challenge. Okay? You can wear it as long as you like, but thank you for taking that challenge uh, seriously. Uh, Several years ago now, someone sent me this card, and I saved that card. I'm not the kind of guy who saves cards, but I saved that card for a couple reasons. First, I love the picture. I love that little guy. He's got the, uh, you know, Easy Rider Captain America helmet on, which I used to have. He's got the goggles on, which I still have. He's sporting a cape, which I hope to get someday. But I, I love the look on that, picture, on that card. But the reason I saved the card is because of what it says inside. You open up the card and it says, whatever you have planned, count me in. <laughs> and you can tell by that little guy, he means it. He is ready to go. Now, I entitled this series that we're wrapping up today, Fearless. I could have just as easily called it, God, whatever you have planned, count me in. Because that is... Joshua's attitude from the first time we meet him. And that is Joshua's leadership style. From the first step he plants in the promised land. For Joshua, being obedient to God was something that he was all in on. And it was something that required a great deal of courage for Joshua to be all in, obedient to God. Now you fast forward you know, uh, to Jesus' time, the first century. Those very first followers of Jesus, those men and those women who were all in, it took a great deal of courage. 
to follow Jesus of Nazareth, it took a great deal of courage. You fast forward today to today, it still takes a great deal of courage to be a follower of Jesus. Because being fearless is a decision. And I guess I should have started with that point at the beginning of this series, but I don't want to end this series without making sure that you hear this. Being fearless is a decision. Courage is not the ignorance of fear. Courage is being aware of the consequences, aware of fear, and choosing to do the right thing anyway. Now you think about heroes in, in, the, in the movies. They're not men and women who are just oblivious to the consequences or you know, the repercussions of the situation. They're men and women who are fully aware of the risk, fully aware of the difficulty, even the danger involved. But they make the choice to do the right thing anyway. Courageous people do not allow fear to determine the boundaries of where they'll go, what they'll do, who they'll serve, who they follow. And you know, talking about choices, talking about decisions, a lot of people will tell you, I'm making the choice not to make a choice. My choice is not to make a, a choice. And they think that's a viable option. But if you're going through life drifting instead of deciding, you are not on the path of discipleship. Jesus never called anyone to live a life of neutrality. In fact, I want to show you Jesus' thoughts on this idea of, I'm just going to choose not to I'm just going to drift along. Here's what Jesus thinks about that. Matthew chapter 12. Anyone who isn't helping me opposes me. And anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me on his feelings towards people who just like, I'm not going to choose. I'm not going to make a decision. And it's pretty harsh. What and who we choose reveals our heart. What and who you choose reveals what you truly value and who you truly value. Jesus says, let me explain it this way. It's like a man who goes out and in a field he finds this uh, treasure treasure. He, he liquidates everything he has. He turns all of his assets into cash, and he buys this field. And his friends probably think he's crazy for doing it, but he knows something that they don't know. And he does it with great joy. He's excited to be able to buy the field because he knows what's in that field. He knows what he's receiving. Jesus says, that's how you choose. You go all in. Now, <clears throat> go back to Joshua. Joshua is leading a people of choosers. He's leading a generation of choosers. Remember their, their parents, the, the previous generation who came to the edge of the promised land, they allowed fear to decide how far they would go, and they basically chose not to choose, and they all died in the wilderness. But now Joshua has led a, a chosen people who are courageous into the chosen land. And it's getting towards the end of Joshua's time as leader of the Israelites. He has gotten old. And before he uh, kind of turns the reins over, he gets the entire nation together and he makes a very famous speech. It's sort of a farewell address that Joshua shares with the people. And he shares with them a history of uh, the nation of Israel. 
It goes all the way back to Abraham. And he talks about Abraham. And then he talks about their time in Egypt, in captivity. He talks about the Exodus, Moses being used by God to lead the people out of Egypt. The Red Sea parting and God's people you know, marching through on dry land. He reminds them of their time in the wilderness. Uh, reminds them of what God did to the Jordan River and they came into the promised land. He goes through this entire history lesson with the people and then he finally gets to the punchline. Joshua chapter 24. And you had to know we were going to end this series in Joshua chapter 24. This is what Joshua says to the people. Now, fear the Lord and serve Him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But, if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Joshua says, you are going to have to choose. Courage is not something that you need one time on one day. Courage is something that you're going to have to, you're going to, have to draw on every day. You're going to have to make the choice to be... ...that passage on the screen, but this morning I want to break it down just a little bit. Because I think it's one of those passages that we are so familiar with. You know, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Well, that's on a plaque above my door. I'm sure a lot of you have it on a, a plaque somewhere in your home. We know it. We quote it. We see one of those verses that we know so well that we sort of miss the significance and the power and just the conviction of what Joshua is saying things uh, about choosing. And the first is this, you've got to choose for yourselves. That's exactly what Joshua tells the people, choose for yourselves. This choice that you need to make, it is personal. Choose for yourselves, because nobody can be devoted to God for you. you know, maybe you were blessed to grow up in a godly home, Maybe you have some godly friends. Maybe you have seen godly leadership, uh, godly courage modeled. But you can't inherit it. Your parent, your friend, your wife, your preacher, they can't pass that on to you without you making a choice. And the reason is, only one person can die on a cross at a time. Your parents, your, your wife, your, you know, your friends, they can't die on your cross. Crosses are choices. Jesus says in chapter 14, you cannot be my disciple if you do not carry your own cross and follow me. Now, put that in the context of Joshua's farewell statement. Your parents might have chosen to lead your household in a godly direction. But that does not exclude you from making the choice about where you're going to lead your own life, what direction your life is going to take. So Joshua says, choose for yourselves. We all have to make a personal decision of who we're going to follow. We have to make a personal decision about who we're going to serve. 
No one else can make that choice for you. And you can't make that choice for anyone else, as much as we would like to sometime. You know, I'm going to face judgment someday. And when I do, I'm not going to stand beside my parents. And when I do, I'm not going to stand beside my wife. I have to make a personal decision about who I'm going to follow and who I'm going to serve. You have to choose personally and we have to choose persistently. Joshua told the people, choose you this day. Your might say, choose you today whom you will serve. And Joshua actually acknowledges to the people, there's a lot of other God options out there. And he tells them, everywhere we've been, we've had God options. You go back to the Euphrates, we had God options back then. He talks about Egypt. We had God options in, in, in Egypt as well. Now we're living among the Amorites. Well, we have other God options right here as well. He tells the people, everywhere we've been, you have had the option of picking up another God. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought about it this way, but we have the same options today. Every day, we have the option of picking up some different God. And that's why I think what we do here is so important. That's why I think corporate worship, coming together every week, is so vital. We need to be together. You need to be here. Everywhere we've been, we've had the option of picking up a different God. That's one reason why being regular in worship is, is so important. Because every day... It is so easy to unintentionally pick up another God. So easy to pick up things that, that vie for the allegiance of our hearts. Discipleship to Jesus. It's, it's a daily choice. Luke chapter 9, Jesus is going to say the same thing he said in Luke chapter 15, but he's going to add one word to it. Here's what, how he says it in Luke chapter 9. If any of you wants to be my follower... You must put aside your selfish ambition, shoulder your cross daily, and follow me. The choice to be fearless is a choice that we have to make every single day. Now, if you don't take anything else away from this series, I hope you take that away. We have to be fearless every single day if we're going to be a disciple of Jesus. If you are a uh, Civil War or if you are a fan of the movie Lincoln, like I am, you might be familiar with the name Thaddeus Stevens. Um, Tommy Lee Jones played the role of Thaddeus Stevens in that movie. Thaddeus Stevens was a uh, lawyer from Vermont. He was a congressman. Uh, he was a man who was very dedicated to the cause of abolition. Uh, he worked tirelessly with the government to bring about the freedom for all people in America. Even after the Civil War ended, uh, Thaddeus Stevens, as a member of Congress, worked day and night uh, to bring about equality for all mankind. He died in Washington, D.C. He actually lay in state in the rotunda. Um, only the third person in the history of our country to have that honor bestowed on him. But even in his death, Just about all cemeteries were still segregated. And so Thaddeus Stevens chose not to be buried in Vermont, where he was from, not to be buried in Washington, D.C., where he had spent so much time. 
He chose to be buried in an obscure, rural, small cemetery in Pennsylvania. And the reason he chose to be buried there is because that cemetery was open to every person. And he had a pretty large tombstone erected there. You can go today and see it. You can Google it. Thaddeus Stephen, not right now, but, uh, <laughs> but you can Google Thaddeus Stevens' tombstone because he had something written on his tombstone. Let me read you what he had written. I repose in this quiet and secluded spot, not from any natural preference for solitude, but finding other cemeteries limited as to race by charter rules, I have chosen this, that I might illustrate in my death the principles which I advocated through my life. And then he wrote in capital letters at the bottom of his tombstone, equality of all men before his creator. He's a man that left no question as to what his life's conviction was. Now, he was all in on his life's conviction. I hope that you are deciding every day what your life's conviction really is. I hope that you're choosing every day to put God first. Because it's not just that we want to, to be strong and courageous, not just that we want to be fearless. We want to stay strong and courageous. We want to stay fearless. So we, we make the choice. We make it personally. We, we make it persistently. In keeping with my preacher points, we make it purposefully. Who we will serve. Now, I talked a few minutes ago about the fact that neutrality is not really an option in the kingdom. To not choose is a choice. And it's a bad choice. And here's why this is important to us. Listen, I, I, I know most of you. I know just about all of you, and you know me. And our struggle is not getting up in the morning and deciding, am I going to be evil today? Well, that, that's not our struggle. That might be some people's struggle, but that is not your struggle. That is not my struggle. I don't wake up in the morning and have to decide, am I going to be blatantly evil today? And you do too. Am I going to think about Jesus today? Am I going to put Jesus first today? Or am I going to be seduced by a culture that convinces me to pursue things that ultimately and eternally just don't matter? Your struggle is where will you give the best of your heart the best of your soul, and the best of your mind, and the best of your strength? Is it to Jesus? Or is it the temporary things that, that aren't going to last? We've got to choose. We've got to keep asking ourselves, what is my life's conviction? What am I truly dedicated to? What really matters to me? If you have trouble answering that, just follow the clock and follow the money. Just pay attention, how do I spend my time and how do I spend my money? Because if you look at how you spend your time, how you spend your money, it's a very good indicator of where your heart really is. Very good indicator of what your life's conviction really is about. 
The fearful are never sacrificial. And the fearless are always available. About a, a month ago, the Sunday before school started, you'll remember that as a congregation, we called all our school students down to the front here. That all the, the, the kids come, as well as their parents, uh, all of our teachers, all of our support staff. If you remember, it was a pretty big crowd down here. And the elders came and uh, 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 had a blessing for the school year, had a prayer over our students and our parents and, and our teachers. And I'm pretty sure it was Jimmy DeBose who led that prayer. And in his prayer, Jimmy prayed that God would protect our students from any violence that could be perpetrated on them while they were at school. Daryl Berry met me in the auditorium, or the back of the auditorium here after that sermon. And he said, can you believe that we live in a day and a time where part of our prayer is that God do not let somebody come in with a gun and shoot my children while they're at school? And the reality is that is the world we're living in right now. And that is our prayer. And it got me thinking about another tragedy, a school shooting that happened years ago, and you'll remember this event. A man by the name of Charles Roberts walked into a one-room Amish schoolhouse in Bart Township, Pennsylvania. He shot ten children. Five of them died. And there was a whole lot of speculation of why he would do a thing like that before he took his own life, and I don't know that there's ever any answers to those kinds of questions, because that kind of evil, I don't know that has, you know, it doesn't make sense. You know, it is just senseless evil. And obviously that very tight-knit community was devastated. But someone else who was devastated by that event was the wife of Charles Roberts. Her name was Marie. And she didn't know what to do with the fact that her husband had done this horrific thing. And she didn't know how to handle all the people that were asking questions. She didn't know how to handle the press that was knocking on her door that evening. And so she took her children and she went to her parents' home to sort of hide, to kind of get away from it, try to process this terrible thing that her husband's done. But the following morning, she looked out of her parents' window and saw a long line of buggies and horses coming to her door, her parents' door. A bunch of men got out of those buggies and knocked on the door and asked her father if they could speak to this man's wife. She was horrified. But she agreed to talk to him. She came out, and before she could even say anything, before she could start to apologize for this terrible thing that her husband had done, one of those men, a man who had two children killed the day before by her husband, said something to her. And here's what he said. He said, last night my wife and I went to bed. We, we held each other and we cried for most of the night. We cried over what we'd lost. And then it occurred to us that you went to bed last night and you cried too. But you didn't have anybody to cry with. So we would like to pay for the funeral expenses of your husband. And we know that you're transitioning into life as a single mother. We would like to pay for the expenses that you're going to incur trying to raise these children on your own. And they did. And we say, who lives like that? Who in the world lives like that? 
You want to know who lives like that? We do. We do. That's who lives like that. This is the life that we have chosen. When you stood up and you confessed Jesus as Lord, when you, when you got into a baptistry somewhere and you put Christ on in, 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 you know, in baptism, you pledged to Jesus, I'm going to live my life differently. I'm going to live my life in a way that doesn't make sense to other people. But I'm going to live my life convicted and committed to you. We pledged that we were going to be fearless. That we were going to personally, persistently, purposefully follow Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And that we were going to do it publicly. Joshua goes public with his choice. I've made my decision. And then he tells everybody what his decision is. For me and my household, I'm going to serve the Lord. We have chosen. He's very public about his choice. And I think that's one reason why, why Jesus said, after you make a disciple, you baptize them. You know, the first decision is Jesus. The second decision should be baptism. Because in baptism, God does something in us. And God does something to us. God does something for us. But I also believe God does something with us. You know, we encourage other people when we were baptized. You, you, you watch a baptism, it's very encouraging. It's very inspiring. It inspires other people to maybe do the same thing. We've got to be all in. We need to be public in our, our decision for Jesus. And we've got to be public in our allegiance to Jesus as well. No, I ask you this all the time. Have you bragged on Jesus lately? This past week, did you brag on Jesus? Because you had a lot of opportunities to brag on Jesus this last week. This week coming up, how are you going to brag on Jesus? To the people that you go to school with, people you work with, people that you're in the gym with, that lady that always checks you out at Publix, do they know that you've made a choice to follow God? They might not know your name, but do they know that you love Jesus? So I want to end this sermon right where we started. I want to end with my little guy there. Helmet on, goggles down, cape in place, telling God, Whatever you have planned, count me in. Because someday, and I hope it's soon, but someday the second Joshua is going to come back. And when he does, no one is going to say, I trusted God too much. And when he comes back, no one's going to say, I kind of regret what I invested in the kingdom. On this day, we get to choose where we're going to stand on that day. Because God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and self-discipline. So let's be fearless. We're going to sing a song of encouragement. Uh, if we can help you in any way, we invite you to meet us at the front. Let's go ahead and be standing.